0: Hey, welcome back to the Big Red Zone. We are very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video as well as all our other videos. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Big Red Zone. And as always, Telefan. This week, we're going to break down some divisional uh, games from this past week. We'll look ahead into the AFC and NFC Championship game. Uh, as well as it's, I feel like we talk about this every year and it's a hot button topic, the Hall of Fame voting uh, with some of the big names that have been on the ballot for 10 years gone. Let's see if anyone else will make it in or deserves to be in. All that and more on this week's episode of The big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Big Red Zone. I am your host, Big Red. As always, I am joined by Danny Football. Big Red? Great, great. The birthday boys.
1: There it is. Club, one week in the books. One week
0: in the books. He's going to be celebrating his birthday this week at the Southeast game on Thursday yeah, night. We'll
1: be ready to go?
0: Um, realize that I will also be in attendance, so the boys will take on uh, take on the Knicks together. You know, we'll do our part to help this the team get a and W. Seventh
1: man on the floor. We'll be good to go. Yep.
0: Yep, we'll do just doing our part. Um, I was there last Thursday at the um, Warriors game, and uh, great game. But I'll tell you, great. That was telling Danny football before. I teased it a little bit to him. One of the worst traffic uh, experiences of my life. Took two hours to get from Canton, Massachusetts, to the Garden. Took me took me an hour to get from the tunnel to post office square, which is like a little round the corner. Wow. It was just bumper to bumper parking lot traffic in the city of Boston on Thursday night. Don't know why a little rain, I think freaks everyone out (laughs) and everyone just couldn't move. I like there were the, I was saying to this guy that was sitting next to me who has many plan tickets too. I was like, I thought it would be more packed. There was rows empty at the start of the game because of the traffic.
1: Oh yeah! Someone
0: got there at halftime and was like, "I this is the worst traffic experience I've ever had." Every Jalen Brown tweeted out, it "I took saw me that." An hour yeah. to get 15 minutes. Man, I'll tell you what, one of the worst traffic experiences on my life, and it was pretty, wasn't terrible compared, but it was like more traffic than usual leaving Boston. It took me longer than I expected to get home. So I'll tell you, the game was unbelievable. One of the best games I've ever been to. Uh, Celtics, you know, it was a, it felt like a finals playoff matchup, to be honest with you. And uh, the atmosphere, you know, Tatum doesn't sit pretty much the, and I don't think he sat the entire second half in overtime and went in a little after, before halftime. He like played something crazy amount of minutes in a row. Celtics wanted to win that game, obviously. Um, Steph was unbelievable. Just a great game all around, but terrible traffic. T- something's got to happen. Some some got figure. be out. To
1: clean it up, man.
0: Clean it up. Do your part, man. Because like up. I'll tell you what, like, go going into Boston on a Thursday night should not be take two hours no, from no. Canton, Massachusetts. Now Canton, Massachusetts. It's like a like that's that's even closer than my house. Like that's yeah. that's crazy. I was I was losing it. I was losing. It I was losing in. it. I had all big plans. You know, I went with my uh, cousin Tony and. We had big plans. It's what we go to one game a year, and we're like, "Oh, we're gonna hit the oyster house." Uh, shout out to the Oyster Union Oyster House and the uh, what's it called? It's uh Faneuil Hall area, one of the oldest uh, establishments in the United States. And um, we just ran out of time because it took two hours to get in. <laughs> had to settle for some chicken tenders and uh, some fries at the at Lucky's Chicken. You know what I mean? Like it was is disappointing, disappointing to say the least. I'll tell you. It
1: wasn't at the Oyster House. I'll say that. It was not uh, the Oyster yeah. House.
0: Could have gone for a nice. And then I was saying, you know, we're a little behind to do that, but maybe we can just get a seat at the bar, get a like couple cups of chowder, power those down. Nice little quick trip to the Oyster House. Nothing. We got in there when they were doing the national anthem. It was crazy. Crazy. Clean it up, city of Boston. Clean Figure it up. It out. Clean it up. Figured figure out, but I'm hoping for this Thursday that Danny Football and I get in with plenty of time
1: in a timely manner. That would be great. Timely
0: manner, just in time to see these boys beat up on the Knicks. They should Let's beat up it. on the Knicks. Um, but very good. Have great, great game, and I'm looking forward to the boys taking on being the like you said the sixth and seventh man at the uh, Boston Garden
1: on Thursday we'll for go. Danny
0: Football. It's for Danny Football. Like get a win for the boy. Got to win it. Um. But without further ado, let's get into our first segment of the Night Weekend Recap. It's the Weekend Recap. So for Weekend Recap, we break down three games from the past NFL weekend. We're leaving out the Giants and Eagles game because it was just a good old-fashioned butt-whooping. By the uh, Eagles. Uh, my streak has been ended. Yes, I am very disappointed in myself. Uh, I got too cocky. And uh, my two over three-month streak has been ended. But you know what? Streaks are meant to be broken and started over again. So um hope to get back on the winning side over there. But let's start with the Jags and the Chiefs game. Um, it was a pretty back-and-forth game, I thought, Saturday night. Uh, Chiefs come out on top 27 and 20. Um, you know, they go into halftime up three. And it was, I felt like the Chiefs always had that lead, but I felt like the Jags were never out of the game. They always felt like there was a chance for them to win it. And I thought they were going to make a little comeback at the end. You know, they, they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. I thought that was what was going to do it. Um, but they fall short. My, my, general take on this and I'll hand it off to you. I'll speak on the, the Jags part of it. Um I think this team's got a bright future. And I never thought I'd say that about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got a definitely a bright future. They found their head coach that they can build around. Uh they found they have their quarterback, you know, face of the franchise quarterback. They get a solid, really good RB one that, you know, for all intents and purposes for parts of the season, I feel like people really doubted in ETN, like they weren't sure this is the guy, and he he's really turned it around. And second half of the season, I think he showed us who he is. And I think it started when they traded away James Robinson, and they showed their faith, and we're going to build with ETN. Uh Lawrence loves them, and that's great. Uh They added some weapons on the offensive side with Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. You know that I think they're only going to continue to add to that pretty good. I think. For all intents and purposes, it's not a great receiving core, but it's a pretty good receiving core. Um, and you give a pretty good receiving core to Trevor Lawrence, and this is what he gets you ten and nine and gets you to the second the divisional round of the playoffs. So imagine if you add a little bit to this. So I think the future is bright for this team and they're only gonna improve this offseason. So I'm excited to see what the Jags do uh next year.
1: Yeah, I think if you're uh I think if you're saying the Jags have a bright future a year ago, people are probably looking at you like you're crazy because they're coming off of the Urban Meyer, you know, debacle. Trevor Lawrence didn't look great in his rookie year. They didn't have any wide receivers. They didn't have any tight ends. Their defense was shoddy. This team was really looking like they were going to be bottom of the barrel for the foreseeable future. But like you said, they find their coach. Trevor Lawrence gets his confidence, and they cash in on – ETN and let him be the quarter, the quarterback. Let him be the running back, and everything clicks. You know, ten to nine, nothing to really sneeze at. You're you lost a one possession game to the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been to the AFC Championship game every year. Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback. So going into the Chiefs game, I thought the Jags were just playing with with house money, and they really have nothing to hang their head over. I mean, you, like, like I said, it was a one possession game. It wasn't like the Chiefs completely blew them out. They were in it. They had every opportunity to make this a game. And if I'm the if I'm the Jaguars, I feel really good about next season. You know, you're going into an offseason where you know what your weaknesses are. You can address those weaknesses. I think they're a couple pieces away from being true, true contenders. But again, this is a good team that can contend. That AFC South is wide open. So there's no reason they can't continuously get into the playoffs and then from there it's just about making noise man so uh yeah a year ago i would have told you the jags were dead on the water but now the jags are they're on the up and up so i gotta give them credit
0: yeah i like you said the that the i think the biggest thing that helps them out is being in their division i think they're going to be division winners for the years to come uh and like you said i think they're just going to continue to add and get better so I like you said nothing to hang your head. If you're the Jags, you're right there with. Really, people are picking them to win the Super Bowl. Uh, So, and you were a one possession game. So, what what can you do? If I'm the Chiefs, on the other hand, I feel good because you're in the you know again you're in the AFC Championship game. You've been there every year that Pat Mahomes has been the starter. But the problem with that is, is now you get Patrick Mahomes beat up. And, you know, he has to come out for most of the game. And I thought that's really when the Jags were going to start taking over that game. Because they were right with him with Patrick Mahomes in the game.
1: Right, right.
0: But I thought let the one thing I'd say that the Jags let this game slip away is they let Chad Henning drive the length of the field and get a touchdown. And that kind of like was kind of the – I think that was like the throwing water on the fire kind of moment. Because I thought they were – you know, they just got a touchdown. They cut it to a three-point game. And then they let Chad Henney drive the length of the field, get a touchdown, and now it's like you're up, down ten again. And it's like, oh man, now like if he's scoring touchdowns, like this is right, this right. is this is not good. So, um, you know, Pat Mahomes says he's going to play. There's a high ankle sprain. Uh, how effective is he going to be? Because most of his like what makes him Pat Mahomes is running around uh, out of the pocket, making plays uh, with his high, feet.
1: A high ankle sprain. In the regular season, that's a couple weeks, man. I mean, Cooper shut himself down for the season because of a high ankle sprain. So I'm there; I'm right there with you. I mean, I'll credit him for giving it a go, but at a certain point, man, like if you're not able to perform, you have to wonder how much you know how much am I really helping my team by playing on it? So that's gonna be something to look at.
0: Yeah, I, I, as a team guy, that picked the Chiefs to go to the championship game in the preseason, uh. Up until in this game, I really felt pretty strongly about that. I thought the Chiefs were just going to coast to the uh, Super Bowl. This next team we're about to talk about, I think they're poised to make a championship run. And I think they are the hottest team right now in the NFL. I know people may say the 49ers are. I think the Bengals are the hottest team in the NFL right now. And it's all we always say it all the time. In any sport, you're talking about baseball, you're talking about hockey, you're talking about basketball we talk about football whatever team's the hottest going into the playoffs that's the team that's going to make the run it's like so you don't have to be the top seed in the uh in the league you don't have to have the best record but if you're the hottest team going into playoffs and riding through the playoffs it you beat better teams and right now i think the Bengals, if pat mahomes isn't 100 percent, are the better team and i think they're the harder team so um i think the Chiefs are in trouble. I don't think they, I think, you know, they're going to be playing at home, which is good. They don't have to play at the neutral site. Um, They get a little boost there, but I don't know. I I, I think the Chiefs are in trouble going into next week.
1: I wouldn't be too confident if I were the Chiefs, especially considered that. I mean, mean, Pat Mahomes is a huge part of that team. Chad Henney can drive the length of the field and, score a touchdown all he wants, but he's no Pat Mahomes, and that's going to be a big cause for concern for the Chiefs if, heading into this game, they know Pat Mahomes is not 100%, because Joe Burrow, when he's playing 100%, is a whole other animal, man, so heading into this bit, this Bengals-Chiefs game, it, it, we'll get into picks later, but if I'm the Bengals, I'm, pre- I'm feeling pretty good about myself, especially since you just held Josh Allen to 10 points.
0: Right. And like like you said, Chad Henne can go all the length of the field as he wants. He went against the Jags, which we just hyped up the Jags a little right. bit, but they're nowhere as close to the level the Bengals are, especially no. their defense. No. So, they, I think the Chiefs are in trouble. But let's get since we're talking about the Bengals, let's get into that Bengals Bills game. Um, Danny Football said it best: uh, high emo. It's going to be a high emotional, emotional game uh this week and it sure was. Uh Tamar Hamlin, you know, they haven't Bengals Bills haven't been played each other in that game. Tamar Hamlin comes back and is in attendance for that game just weeks after, you know, almost life threatening injury. Uh power it was a powerful moment and it felt like, you know, it was gonna go nothing but the uh Bills way. Uh snow game, so you know, they're playing in you know it's not great for Josh Allen, but you know that's I think where the Bills thrive. It, it's kind of like New England; they love playing in snow and kind of messing up with the Bengals, even though the Bengals probably play in snow. But you know it's different in Buffalo. Right,
1: right.
0: Um, but I don't. I think Joe Burrow just looks like a man possessed, and this deep, this offense looks different than it was last year. They, they both. I'm thinking about both times, like. They looked really good last year and they look really good this year, but I feel like it's a lot of what we talk about with the Celtics this year. They look more determined and more focused. They made it to the dance when they, you know, Celtics should have made it, but Bengals taste. shouldn't last year, but they got a taste of that. And they saw what needs to be done to win. And I feel like they're, you know, Jamar Chase, Mixon, Burrow, Higgins. Um, what's his name? Hurst, the other wide receiver, like everyone just looks so determined to win it this year that you got the bills probably at their best and they shut them down. It wasn't even clo- like, I know the scoreboard may say it was a little closer than it was. I felt like the Bengals had a total, control- a total handle on this game from start to finish. Like I didn't think there was, uh, I don't think there was a chance they lose that game. And that's credit to coaching. That's credit to the players, and I think this team is like, I, I, I was rooting for the Rams to win it last year because I was a big Matt Stafford guy. And I want a lot of those guys to win their first ring. I, this is I feel like the Bengals year to win it all, and I, I'm not gonna you know tease my pick of the week, but I think this they look they look like men on missions and uh, men on a mission, and I think they're gonna they're just gonna roll through the rest of this playoffs.
1: Yeah, I if if I could have guessed how this game was going to go, I thought the Bills, considering it was an emotional game, um, we're going to try to come out with their hair on fire, just come out firing on all cylinders, playing inspired football. You know, our guys in the building, we got to put we got to show out for them, and man. I think if they were playing anyone else, I even I sincerely think this. I think if the Bills were playing anyone else, whether it was the Jags or the Chiefs, maybe they win. But they this Bengals team is just on a whole nother level, man. They're on a whole nother level. Uh early on in the season, they were struggling. I think you and me both said is this a Super Bowl hangover? They they figured it out. Like you said, they're hungry. They know what they have to do, and they're doing it now, so as much as I would have said, you know, oh, this is the Bills game, you know, DeMar Hamlin back in the building, you know, how does that not inspire your team? The Bengals are just as inspired, man. They're coming off of a, a heartbreaking Super Bowl loss. They had it, they let it slip, and now they have a chance to rectify it. And you said, much like the Celtics, it's almost like a revenge type thing. So I I feel for the I, – I, I feel for the Bills in the sense that this was supposed to be, like, their, you know, movie, they're, like, I don't know, or like, they're, they're, this is supposed to be, like, their, you know, storyline, perfect fairy tale, you know, our guy goes down, he defies the odds, he comes back, we play inspired football, but Man, that it's just no match for a team that's just hell bent on getting back to that Super Bowl. So, you know, tip of the cap to the Bills. You guys had a hell of a season, but at the end of the day, the AFC East has no one left in the playoffs now. So,
0: yeah, I think the other disappointing thing for the Bills is uh, I think since the preseason, we've heard nothing but this is going to be the Bills' year. The Bills right. have gotten so close. They can't, they just can't seem to figure out how to get to that AFC championship game. They can't figure out how to get to that you know, that final, final, uh, so the Super Bowl, you know, Josh Allen, how much, much, he's going to win the MVP, which I don't think he's going to, but, you know, Josh Allen wins the MVP, he's going to win the MVP this year. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. It's there, it's the Bills year, and then, you know, everything tragically happens with Tamar Hamblin, you know, it gives them even more fuel to the fire. They're going to win it all. Like, everyone was saying for a week, like, there's no way no one else wins the Super Bowl this year. And You know, I I feel I feel for the Bills, but I feel like it's another year where they just blow it. Like there's nowhere else to blame but themselves. And you know, we talked about it last week even, like we were like, Oh, the Bills window isn't it's gonna close, but it's not closing yet. I think the Bills window is gonna close quicker than you think. Uh you know I,
1: I was talking about that with my buddy when I was watching the Niners Cowboys game. The Bills window is not as big as we think it is, man. Especially seeing how Diggs was acting on the sideline. Right. This window is not as big as it is. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, they have Josh Allen locked up for a good amount of years, but man, you if if this team loses a couple parts, all, all of a sudden the the whole complexion of this team is looking a lot different. So the Bills have to tread lightly here. I mean, this is what, three years this is uh three years now that they haven't been able to get it done. You know, you can Parade and you know scream from the rooftops we're AFC East champions, but at the end of the day You guys still don't have any Super Bowl appearances and that's still that's the ultimate prize when you have a Josh Allen and a Stefan Diggs on your team and your whole thing is we play lockdown defense. So Again, you can You can put up as many AFC's Championship banners as you want but at the end of the day if you can't if you can't get over that hump then what's the point?
0: Right. And like you said, Diggs is unhappy. He leaves the locker room before any, even the coaches get into the locker room. Like he takes all the stuff and he's gone after the game. He's yelling at Josh Allen on the sidelines. You know, Diggs has, a, I think, another year on his contract before he has an opt out. Maybe he has two. Yeah. Uh, but if Diggs just says, I don't want to play here anymore, he could say that easily. I don't know if he'll do that. The I don't only
1: know. thing that would stop that, as I, I looked it up last night, I. Don't have the number in front of me. I think he's like a forty million dollar dead cap hit. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's. I was with you in the before I looked up the dead cap hit. I was like, man, maybe this is—is is it even worth it? Like, if he's going to do this, do you keep him around? But, man, for forty million bucks, you almost have to.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, point. and you kind of just hope he opts out, and then you can clear the money off the books. Yeah, I, I don't guess
1: now it's tough,
0: um, but. If Diggs is unhappy, that's like – that totally derails that offense, and I think that window is gone, you know, especially with teams like, you know, Miami keep getting better. The Jets are a quarterback away from being uh, – I think they're a quarterback away from being, you know, an AFC East contender. They're going to be a tougher opponent. You know, the Pats, you know, seem to be doing all the right things. We're going to talk about a little later in the show, but, like, they they do the right things by getting Mayo back – Um it looks like Mayo is the heir to the throne for Belichick because he's been in all the meetings for the yeah, coordinator I'm, positions. And,
1: I'm looking forward to getting to
0: that. Um, you know, but like the Patriots look like they're doing all the right things. Uh, you know, the Bills, that AFC East is going to be the best division in football. If the Jets, if everyone does what they're supposed to this off season. the AFC East is going to be the best division in football. So who's to say the Bills didn't even win the division next year?
1: Right. Not a I, don't, guarantee. I don't know. Not a
0: guarantee. So, so, um, the bills are going to have, like, you know, we talk about the Patriots having a dynasty alter alternating. Oh, what's the word? Uh, like a, def- I guess I'll change my words, but say a defying moment in franchise right. history, like an off season, that's going to defy define this franchise for the next 10 years. Patriots are going to be doing that, but the bills are going to have that too, because they got to figure out. All right we have a good team, but what's going to get us over the hump? Because right. this is ridiculous. We only because have so many the more The Bills years.
1: definitely have more internal questions than we do.
0: Yeah. I think the Patriots running. know what has to be there's done. There's more
1: pressure on the Bills than us by far. Because the Bills, yeah. everyone I, – I don't know if you saw the graphic. Everyone picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. Everyone, I don't know if it was ESPN or if it was Fox, but there was some channel that had – all Bills. It was all Bills winning the Super Bowl. When you have those expectations, man, it eats away at you. And that's, that's kind of where the Bengals were last year. Is everyone was looking at that Bengals team like, this is it, this is it, this is it. And they couldn't do it. So again, it's three years now that the Bills were supposed to be this juggernaut and they can't get it done.
0: Right. And we're looking at year two of the Bengals actually being a solid team. They've had one Super Bowl appearance. I think it's going to be two, but as of right now, an AFC Championship appearance. So, like, if you're with those expectations, and the Bills' expectations are just going to be even higher and higher and higher. Bengals. I mean, I mean, you're going to get left behind because now instead of being the Chiefs, Bills, it's going to be Chiefs, Bengals in the AFC. Everyone's going to talk about these two teams. You're you're going to fall behind, and you're going to fall. You know, the Jags are just getting better. Um, trying to think of the see, other.
1: Uh... That was always a fear with the Celtics when they weren't when they were hit when they were banging their heads on that Eastern Conference Finals ceiling. You know the Heat. Hey, are the Heat passing you by? Are the Bucks passing you by? Are the Nets passing you by? Are the Sixers passing you by? The Raptors passed you by. Like you, you nothing is guaranteed. You're not guaranteed conference championships. You're not you're not guaranteed you know finals appearances. You need to address the issues you have and get over that hump and. Here the Bills are. Like you said, this is a huge offseason for them. Are they going to make the necessary moves to get over that hump, or are we going to start seeing, you know, divisional round exit, AFC Championship game exit, first round exit, wild card exit? Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's – it's they have a lot – it may be – coaching decisions they got to decide i don't think they're going to get rid of sean
1: mcdermott i know no, a lot no, of people no, are no, saying no. trying to That'd get be rid of him. there's that a
0: bunch be... of people online that say get rid of sean mcdermott that like that's a
1: that would accelerate their fall quickly quickly
0: yeah um so i don't know i think i think it's just personnel decisions they got to make um but i you know big big off season for them coming up for huge, sure
1: huge
0: um Another game, the other game we want to talk about, and it was a close one, it was a defensive battle, the 49ers versus the Cowboys. Um, I, I know I picked – I think we both picked the 49ers to win this game. Uh, I, I, I was actually calling for them. You know, we didn't think the Cowboys were going to be in it. We both p- thought the Bucs would the Bucks, beat the yeah. Cowboys. But we both thought the the 49ers would move on to the uh, NFC Championship game no matter what. Um, not too much to say about the 49ers. I mean, the only thing that I got out of this game, I think they're a great team I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl, but I think the main thing that I come out of it, come out of this is Brock Purdy just kicked Trey Lance out of a job next year. I think there's no yeah. doubt in my mind. I I I feel like you can't cut off your nose despite your face. You know, I know you just gave up a lot to get Trey Lance, but Did I think it's some a
1: report that that is the case. What? That they are going to start Purdy next year over Lance?
0: They did say that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was reported that it was reported before the game. No matter what happens, he's the starter next year.
0: Well, that's good because I like, I know a lot of people were saying, like, oh, you just gave up three first round picks for Trey Lance. You don't even know what it is. You kind of got to just roll with it. Gave up a lot in your mortgage future. No. It's like at some point you just got to say, man, we messed up. Let's mm-hmm. try to trade Lance, get so something for him, and then me, go ride me, with Purdy.
1: Me and my buddy went through that trade last night because me and him were perplexed at how Brock Purdy somehow fell to miss the Mr. Irrelevant pick. Um, so we went through that trade, the three first rounds for Trey Lance. Those first round picks were the 49ers trading back to – were with 49ers trading up to 3 to take Lance, so they gave away the 12th pick. Um, that 12th pick became Micah Parsons. So, you know, you, you probably lost out there. But, again, you know, the first-round pick last year, I don't think um, it was Miami, right? Was it Miami that they made that deal with or did they make that deal with? I can't remember.
0: It must have been Miami.
1: I think it was Miami. I could be wrong. Then myself. how did how
0: did the Micah Parsons go to the Cowboys?
1: Uh, and now I, let me go on. That was twenty twenty one, right?
0: Yeah. Full
1: draft area. Or twenty
0: twenty? Uh, you mean Trey Lance or
1: or uh, talking no, about I'm, Trey Lance draft or last no, year? I'm, I'm fucking something up. on. Twelve was Micah Parsons. So wait, yeah, San Francisco traded with Miami and Philadelphia.
0: Oh, so they must have just had the. Uh, so they must have traded that pick away to the the
1: Cowboys so then through some addition by subtraction.
0: Okay. Any anyway, so Michael so Parsons. So through
1: some so through some addition by subtraction, I don't know how it ended up here. Regardless. Yeah. They take they take Lance at three, their first round pick. Became, Micah Parsons to the Dallas Cowboys. Tough. Um, I could try to find the 2022 pick, but from what I can remember last night, it wasn't anyone special. And then going into this year, their first round pick is going to be in the 30s or very low 20s. It's going to be 28, 29, 30, 31, whatever. Right. So if I'm the 49ers, am I happy I gave up three first round picks for Trey Lance? No, I'm not happy about it. I'm probably like, damn, we, we overpaid for him. In hindsight, being 2020, but at the end of the day, I mean, your starting quarterback is making seven hundred thousand dollars this year. Right, your team is good. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Debo Samuel. You have Elijah Mitchell. Your defense is solid.
0: You Have Nick Bosa. You have but young pieces on the defense. You're
1: you're losing your first round pick, but again, it wasn't gonna. Be, it's not like you're losing the second overall pick. You're losing a low thirty pick. Um, so if I'm the Niners. They kind of dodged a bullet, if I'm being honest. Like, you overpaid for a guy who isn't going to be your starter. He's going to be one of the highest-paid backups in the league now. You dodged a bullet. Your team is good. You're in the NFC Championship game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Again, your, your quarterback could not be on a cheaper contract than he is right now. You have all these weapons around him. He's playing well. The team's playing well. The Niners are in a very good spot. Will they trade Trey Lance? Maybe. I don't know what you get for him because you have no leverage. Right. Um, that being said, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a free agent. So you're not going right. to be able to keep him. Maybe you resign him. I don't know.
0: I don't but think they resign him.
1: The Niners are in a spot where they can just ride with what they have. I mean, you Brock Purdy's cheap. You, you, you Hey, we overpaid for Trey Lance. There's our backup quarterback, I guess. You just ride it out, keep him on the bench. You know, maybe Brack Purdy gets hurt. Who knows? Trey Lance gets a shot. I don't know. But the Niners, the Niners for all intents and purposes, are in a good spot. They did not Brooklyn nuts themselves as much as people want yeah. to believe. Um, So when I look at this game, the 49ers versus the Cowboys game, this is a tale of two teams. This is the Cowboys who... Year after year after year, overpay, 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 overpay. Ride with Dak. Gets hurt. Cooper Rush steps up. Dak comes back, plays well. They beat the Bucks. Maybe this is a different Cowboys team. Same old Cowboys, man. Same old Cowboys. So this is two teams going in opposite directions. I really think the Cowboys are about to fall off a cliff, and I think the Niners are on the come up.
0: But I think that's interesting, dude. That Like you brought that up because I I was thinking I've been in the camp that they should stick with Brock Purdy because he's just been playing so well and Trey Lance hasn't really developed. He was always going to be a project quarterback, which I that's why I never understood giving up three first-round picks for him. uh But especially because like their system works with pretty much any quarterback. That's why Jimmy G is great. That's why, you know, Brock Purdy is a great quarterback. I think Jimmy G and Brock Purdy are good quarterbacks, but I think that's why they look so great is Kyle Shanahan's system. You know, they could slot most quarterbacks in, and it's going to work. They didn't need the trade-up to get Trey Lance. And the thing is, they really didn't miss out because they hit on Brock Purdy. And, yeah, they they give up three first-round picks. The Micah Parsons one hurts. I'd be interested to see what the other picks were. Uh, but, yeah, Micah Parsons hurt. But in the grand scheme of things, they've been to the AFC, the NFC Championship game three out of the last – four years they've been to the super bowl once in the last four years like you know could be i think it's going to be two in the last four years they've lost to the super bowl champion in those in those nfc championship games they've lost to the super bowl champion in those two years so and if they lose this year if the eagles go on to win it that would be three years where they lose to the super bowl champion I think the 49ers are in a really good spot to continue this going on. They made a great trade. Christian McCaffrey's still young and has a big contract, still has years on his contract. Debo's great. Hit on I- IUK looks to be a hit. Um, and they just, they have a good old line, good defense. Like, Bosa's great. Like, I, I just think this 49ers team is in a really good spot. And like you said, the Cowboys are the other team. They they overpay on a lot of players. Like they overpaid on Zeke. They overpaid on Dak. You know they have a good team. They have this supposed to be the best offense. You know people talk about this offense being one of the best in the league. And I think the Cowboys are in a dangerous spot where they get to decide what they're doing because are they just going to continue to ride this out where you know they get to the playoffs and lose in the first or second round, or are they going to try to make a move? and see if they can change it up a little bit. It's a dangerous situation because I think Dak is good. I think he's better than people say, but at some point you got to see what else is out there and see if you can shake things up and try to get, you know, make this team a winning team because Zeke and Dak's window, which we thought I kind of reminds me of the bills where we thought their, their windows going on for years. I feel like the Cowboys window is closed. Like I really don't, it's, I think it's, it's shot.
1: And yeah, even it's though done.
0: they have C.D. Lamb, they have like a good, like good offensive weapons. I think it's Dunsky. I think that team isn't going to win a Super Bowl unless they make some serious moves on the offensive side of the ball.
1: No, I think, I think we've found their ceiling and it's unfortunate because I think if that team was not as injury prone as they are, maybe it's a different story, but Dak never plays 16 games. Zeke never plays 16 games. Someone, you know, whether it's the defense, the offense, something goes wrong. Coaching changes, bringing Mike McCarthy. It always seems like it's something with the Cowboys.
0: Tony Pollard got hurt. Right. Like, a, so, again, injuries.
1: Right. So, for as much talent as they have on that field, it never felt like it really all came together at the same time. And that's unfortunate because, you know, they have a half decent season this year. Cooper Rush essentially saves their season when Dak goes down. Dak comes back, plays decent. They beat the boogeymen in the Bucks at home. So again, you're thinking, man, is this it? Like they, they finally got over that hump. They beat the Bucks at home. Uh they're playing the Niners who have for on paper are playing a quarterback that is a 7th round quarterback maybe this is their year and it's not and it's not and <laughs> it's unfortunate because again you have guys that are so talented that you just can't go over that hump it's like the bills like he could be as talented as you want but if you don't push the right buttons and get the right pieces you're not going to be able to Get over that hump of uh, the conference championship game, getting to the Super Bowl, and ultimately winning the Super Bowl. So, in terms of comparing the two, the Bills obviously have a much longer window than the Cowboys do right now. But looking at the Cowboys, man, I don't see how anything changes unless it's either a quarterback, coach, GM, whatever it may be. I I just don't see this core group making a run anytime soon.
0: Yeah, it's like it's unfortunate because they did win thirteen games this season. You know right. what I mean? They they were the top wild card team, uh, obviously in the division with uh, the Eagles. Who the Eagles just had an unbelievable. what won- right. they- any
1: other season you're the one seed.
0: Right. So, I mean, Eagles go fourteen and three. You finish twelve and five. I mean, you're all the other divisions. You know, the other two division winners, Forty Nine ers and Vikings, finish with one more win than you. Obviously, the you have a better record than the uh, Bucks, but. I don't know. I think you're right. Like, it's tough to say because your team did win 13 games. But at some point, you got to make a shift to see if that change it up. Uh, the defense isn't the problem. Like, I can say that right now. Defensively, they played really well this season. Uh, they got a lot of great pieces on defense. And on paper, their offense is pretty good, too. But, I mean, once again, big moment. big. And this is – I'm always kind of playing devil's advocate for Dak – I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I think he does a better job than people say. When the game's on the line and you, you're you in the N, uh, the divisional round and trying to get to the NFC Championship game in a one-score game, you finish with 260 yards, two picks, and a touchdown. Like, that can happen when you're the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, when you have CeeDee Lamb on your team, when you have Schultz on your team. Also, Schultz, what is Schultz had two back-to-back oh, terrible man. plays. Uh, at him at the cost end of him the a
1: game. chance at that game. I'm not going to say cost him the game, but he cost him a good chance at that game.
0: Uh, first of all, you don't try to turn up field and get out of bounds and stop the clock. Then you don't you, the most nonchalant, lazy, get your feet down. Uh, it probably wouldn't have made an impact, but still, like, try to give your chan- team the best chance yeah. it can. Yeah, you're like, I mean, you're at, setting
1: your team up to fail when you're pulling
0: that shit, man. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even going to get into the play call that Mike McCarthy tried to draw <laughs> off for the. Like that, that right was right out like, of the uh,
1: right out of the Colts against the Patriots playbook. Yeah, it
0: is very similar, man. Because that was the most ugliest play, having Zeke not I was, being. I was
1: screaming at my TV for those because the, the Niners came with a front three. I'm like, crowd the line. What, what yeah. are you doing? Like, if Let you put Zeke... three guys on, if you put three guys on Zeke, two guys are getting home, and you don't even have to worry about a, a pass getting off. So when that play was materializing, I'm sitting on my couch, I'm like, crowd the line, like get up on the <laughs> line. What are we why are we dropping back into coverage? Like get up there. So that was an all time bad all time bad play call.
0: It, it was pretty brutal. So um uh, but yeah, in big moments, you're trying to look at Zeke. Zeke's dunsky Like his I think his career now as a backup running back, he has ten carries and twenty six yards zekiel elliott's
1: fucking leg snapped in half
0: yeah and yeah tony pollard's leg is now he has like at least three months i heard today recovery yeah so i think this team is done they need to do some serious soul searching whether it's trade away Dak and try to i mean there's gonna be a huge quarterback carousel we keep talking about this year try to move on from Dak and see what you can get maybe move him to you know brady doesn't go to the uh the Raiders, I'm the Raiders. The Raiders can't draft in the first round, anyways. Go trade him to the uh, Cowboys for a first a couple first round picks, first round pick or something, and see what you can get. Because this team, I, I if I'm the Cowboys, I'd rather see what Cooper Rush does. To be honest with you, and as much as I'm a big Dak Prescott fan, let Cooper Rush. You're gonna pay him less money, and at least you get a different, some fresh blood in the water for the yeah, uh, quarterback.
1: You Brock Purdy going on.
0: Right, so I mean, obviously, I'm not saying Cooper Rush is better than Dak, but you need to change right. it up. And I, I don't think that, it doesn't sound like they're getting rid of Mike McCarthy. Um, the one person I will shout out for, and we did it last week, doing like, um, I didn't say him in like uh, the coaching carousel. Uh, where is he gonna go? Segment we did last week. I think Dan Quinn could seriously get another opportunity in the NFL because he, what he's done with his defense has been pretty impressive this year, I, the last two years. have
1: him going? Hold on.
0: I don't think we had him going anywhere.
1: I thought I had – oh, maybe it was Kellen Moore.
0: I think okay. you picked Kellen Moore.
1: He may have just shot himself in the foot for a job with that. He did, <laughs> if he called that play that was on him, what the hell?
0: Well, I'm seeing double.
1: That's crazy. I don't know how that's happening. It's scary. Hold on. People are getting scared. I thought. I oh, I guess I didn't have Dan Quinn. Weird.
0: Huh. Did you see? Did you see what was ah, yeah, going on? Was on my screen, yeah. Oh my goodness, that was scary. I never. Well, yeah. actually, my yeah, my well, face isn't too scary. but.
1: Now that I mention it, yeah, Dan Quinn's a good one.
0: Yeah. I I think he'd. I think he deserves another shot because you know he. I think it was just time for him to move on from Atlanta. I think there was no coming back from blowing that Super Bowl. No. But no. like. I think he did a good job defensively. So who knows? Maybe he'll get another chance somewhere else. Uh, But without further ado, let's move on to our next segment, Picks of the Week. (laughs) So for picks of the week, we pick usually pick one game from the NFL week. Since there's only two games this week, I think we pick two games for picks of the week. Let's double down. Let's get a you little. little let's get a little here. crazy. A little parlay bet. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bengals going to the Super Bowl from the AFC. They're gonna come in and beat the Chiefs. Chiefs are hurting, um, so I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna come and roll over the Chiefs. Uh, and on the NFC side, I'm going 49ers over Eagles. I think it's going to be Chiefs, bang, uh, 49ers, Bengals, Super Bowl. It's going to be another Super Bowl, two Super Bowls in a row where I am happy with whoever wins. I'm kind of <laughs> slightly leaning with the 40, uh, the um, Bengals, but um, two Super Bowls in a row where I, uh, I'll be happy. It'll be the least stressful Super Bowls right, I've watched right. in a long time. So right. I'm going Bengals and 49ers.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I think it's just their time, especially with Mahomes injured now. That does not bode well at all for the Chiefs. Uh, So I am going to go with the Bengals, but I'm going to go with the Eagles, man. I'm going to ride with my boy Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think this Eagle team is just on a whole nother level. They they are very Bengal-esque in that they're just running the table right now. It seems like everything's clicking. So I think a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl will – be
0: equally just as electric. I agree. I think it would be a. I think it would be a fun, very, very much so an offensive-minded Super Bowl if the uh, Eagles are in, uh, in there. Right. I think. Uh, I think it's just gonna be a high-scoring game. I'm gonna say right now, I think the Bengals are gonna win the Super Bowl. I just said something about it, right. and knowing right. that the Chiefs are gonna end up winning this week, but um, I think I think the Bengals just look so determined, and uh they look good, man. They look good. Uh. Before we move on to uh, – do you want to make a Super Bowl prediction? Before two weeks – three weeks, four weeks out, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: Bengals get it done. I'll say Bengals like get it. it done.
0: I like it. Um, all right. So before we get to uh, the favor lame uh, segment, some Patriots news we just talked about, uh, mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, they did a bunch of interviews So the offensive coordinator position. A uh, classic Bill move to interview uh, a college head coach that was an O-line coach that was a former O-lineman of the Patriots. Classic. We're talking about Billy O'Brien. Um, who was the other guy that we talked about last week um, from the Cardinals?
1: Cliff Kingsbury.
0: We're talking about Cliff Kingsbury. We're bringing in Oregon, Oregon State's head coach that used to play for the Patriots. That's who we're bringing in. We're ta- the first interviews were Nick Cayley, the tight ends coach for the Patriots wide receiver coach for the 49ers or no, the the Vikings and the O-line slash head coach for Oregon State. Uh, when they announced that, I was like, oh, man, that's, that's not really what I want. That's not what you want to hear. Uh, but they did bring in Billy O, that everything seemed okay. Uh, maybe they're interviewing that other head coach to say, like, oh, this is going to be our new O-line coach. I would be fine with that. That sounds pretty good. But the main thing is that I took out of this, which I'm kind of excited about. Gerard Mayo, interesting enough, we were talking about if we we're going to lose him or not. He seems to be getting the old um, Josh McDaniels deal where hang on for a little longer and you're going to be the yep. heir to the throne. Yeah, uh, He's involved in the offensive uh, interviews. Uh, he's in. He's probably going to be involved a lot in the draft, picking draft picks, mm-hmm. scouting. Um, so that's exciting to hear from me because, you know, when I'm looking at this team and I'm like, who's gonna be the heir to the throne? And at first we were like Josh and we're like, Okay, we'll see how that goes. Then when he leaves, you're like, Man, is Matt Patricia gonna be the heir to the throne of this New <laughs> England Patriots team? I wanna pick a new team to support. So, you know, it looks like today they came out with a report Matt Patricia looks to be completely gone from the organization. Doesn't look like he's even gonna have a position there. Like
1: in the in the famous I'll, to use a famous big red zone phrase, we'll drive him to Logan ourselves.
0: Yeah, I'll drive him to Logan. I'll drive, I'll even drive the plane if he wants. I, I will, I will do whatever it takes to get him out of New England. Um, He looks like he's gone. So Gerard Mayo, like, I know people are like, oh, Belichick's probably going to pass it off to his son. I think Gerard Mayo is a way better candidate, even though I think Steve's done a better job this year with calling the defense. I think. Gerard Mayo is a perfect candidate to take over the uh, Bill Belichick throne. Probably won't be it won't be people are saying, oh, he's gonna give it up this for next season. He's not gonna do it. Bill's gonna be here next season. Yeah. It could be as soon as the season after that, but I think Bill wants to break the record, the Shula record, and then he's gonna retire. If he makes it to there or not, I don't know, but I think that has. I think that's Bill, and to be honest with you, Robert Kraft's goal because he wants to be known as having the coach for the most wins. So, um, I'm happy about John Mayo being the heir to the throne. It looks like the apparent heir to the throne,
1: uh, and I'm even happier that Christian
0: won't have keys to the building at all (laughs) next season.
1: Change his entry code. Let's go.
0: Yeah, it's like that. uh, What's that? um, The Jets meme. The the Jets meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So I'm happy to see him, gone, So any uh
1: take on the uh,
0: Gerard Mayo thing? Happy to have, have
1: Gerard Mayo be a mainstay in this team. It seems like he's really taken to coaching. I I think the players respond to him well. Um, there's a reason he's here, and if if, if Bill really believes in him that much, I have no reason to not believe in him. Um. This was, like you said, this was the Josh McDaniels kind of role for so long. Josh McDaniels decided he wanted to go coach the Vegas Raiders. That's that's his decision. Um, so, yeah, this is, I think it's Gerard Mayo's job to lose at this point. I have no words. I have no more words to say about Matt Patricia. I'm, I'm past giving him my energy. And as far as the OCs go... Obviously, Bill O'Brien stands out because he knows this organization. He knows uh, He knows Bill. Um, I don't know much about the tight ends guy. Uh, but I will say, well, you know, wide receivers coach for the Vikings, he's doing something right up there. So I'm not going to look past that. But I think Billy O is definitely the front runner.
0: Yeah, I, I think my my two cents on the whole thing is, like, yeah, like, I hear Nick Cayley, the tight ends coach for the Patriots, is like very highly regarded. Um, he's very well respected in the league. So is the wide receivers coach for uh, the Vikings. And I think I've like I looked up a little bit on him. I haven't researched much about him, but that uh, the Oregon uh, head coach is pretty well respected. But to me, we need someone that has the experience, has already done it, has been an OC, has had that relate. Uh, you know, is not a young guy coming up. It has to be this older guy that's been in this, like, has done it for years. Because if we, like, say this was after Josh McDaniels, maybe we're a year removed, like it's last year at this time. We're saying, oh, who's going to be the OC? Maybe I'd say it'd be more open to, like, yeah, Nick Kelly takes over, or the wide receivers coach from, uh, you know, one of those three other choices. Right. I don't think you can afford it. I think you have to go with uh someone that has experience, a lot of experience. Maybe you make. You know, like I said, maybe you bring in some of these other guys. And I heard that, that these interviews for OC jobs might be also related to finding like positional jobs in the organization. So maybe you bring in that head coach to be the O-line coach and he gets paid a little more money. He gets to play, you know, NFL coaching job, whatever, the whole night. Um, maybe you try to bring in the wide receivers coach to be the wide receivers coach. Yeah, I don't know why he would leave. But maybe he wants to leave there and he comes to New England. You know what I mean? Maybe there's like different things. Maybe you bring the, maybe you bring him in to be the quarterback coach. I don't know. It's like there's a lot of room to fill the the different voids. Um, but I feel like Billy O has to be the option or someone like him that's been an OC and you because you have no choice. You're like behind the eight ball right now. You have to catch up. You're not like starting even. You're catching up. Right. So, uh, and I hope. I think the way they're talking to Mayo, I wonder if they're going to give him the full DC title.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I'm
0: curious or making him a, like the associate head co- the assistant head coach cuz like he's basically doing everything, but again, right. Bill doesn't believe in titles. So right. who knows. Um, all right, let's move on to some baseball talk. We haven't done a lot of baseball talk in a while cuz it's been pretty depressing. Um, so let's bring up an even more depressing topic, the Hall of Fame. Uh, we got some Hall of Fame. The ballot comes out announced tomorrow, I think, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to go through. We did this last year. I mean, obviously, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds are no longer on the Hall of Fame. They're not in the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is still astonishing to me. But we'll go through the list. Uh, I'll, I have it in front of me. day Football will give a yes or no uh, answer, gut reaction, and then – uh, we'll see who is going to be in this year. Who would be in in our ballot? So let's start with Bobby Abreu. No. I do a no as well.
1: No, if you could get in based on home run derbies, yes, but you cannot do that. So,
0: um, I'm a no as well. Uh, I love this next player. He's one of my favorite players, but I'm going to say it's a no for me. Uh, Bronson Arroyo.
1: No, yeah, I love Bronson Arroyo as much as the next guy, but it can't happen.
0: Great music career from Bronson yeah. uh, <laughs> uh Carlos Beltran.
1: Uh, I'll say yes.
0: I think he gets in because of all the Astros problems. Why but...
1: am I not seeing him on the. Uh... Huh.
0: He should be like, it, it should be his first year on the ballot.
1: Carlos Beltran.
0: Yeah, I have him here I too. He's his...
1: fucking blind.
0: Uh, you may be. He's definitely on there. And a lot of people, I think, are going to vote him in.
1: That's so weird.
0: So you're a yes? Um, or no?
1: Um... With the stats real quick. He has 435
0: home runs, 1587 RBIs, 312 stolen bases, uh, career batting average of 279, on base percentage 350, slugging percentage 486, um, over 2500 games.
1: Um, it's I close, mean, actually. I think maybe if he had, had gotten a 3,000 no. hits, yeah, maybe. He has a rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, nine-time All-Star, three-time Golden Glove. He has, he has a World, World series. series.
0: But he also helped cheat in that World Series. Is his
1: number retired by the Astros? Is that what that stands for? I don't know what that is.
0: I don't think he has a number retired.
1: Um, He was a second-round pick.
0: Uh,
1: Two silver slugger. Uh no, yeah. I think if he got to
0: five hundred home runs and he had over two thousand RBIs and 3, I mean,
1: 000. considering some of the other people they've put in the Hall of Fame. I'd I'd say man. It's so close. I'd say yes. I'd my gut
0: reaction was yes, but I'm talking myself out of it. <laughs> like I really was. Like my gut reaction was like, Yeah, yeah he should be in and then but I'm kind of talking myself out of it. Oh,
1: maybe it's because this is his first year on the ballot. I wonder if. that's Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's his first year.
1: And where the hell's is... all right? Then I need a full ballot here.
0: All right, next person, Mark uh, Buriel. I'm going no.
1: No, I'm also going to say
0: no. Uh, Matt Cain. No. No. Uh, Ra Dickey. No. No. Although he has Dick- on. He does have a Cy Young, which I think will help him a little bit. Is this his no, first year
1: on the ballot? On it the is his first ballot? year, yes. Okay. So he'll
0: probably be one of those people that gets a few votes and stays on the ballot. I don't think he's going to be a one-and-done ballot, like, off. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury.
1: Love Jacoby, but he's not on there. If he had stayed no. healthy, he, he would have been, yes.
0: Uh, was he a rookie of the year?
1: I th- mm, no, I, I don't, don't think, think he, so. He was Because I think his rookie year was Pedroia.
0: I think his rookie year was for Droya too. I think it just yeah, he, he came up at the yeah,
1: wrong time. He didn't, he didn't win a Roy, now.
0: Yeah, he's a one time All-Star, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, two time World Series champion. Yeah, not
1: enough. If he was um, yeah, if he had stayed healthy, yeah, I think he could have gotten could've gotten JJ healthy. Hardy. No.
0: No, I'm a no as well. Uh Todd Helton. Yes. I'm a yes on Todd Helton as well. And uh he got fifty two percent of the b- ballot vote last year. So he's pretty close to the 75. So I think he's going to end up getting it.
1: Yeah.
0: He's, a, he's on year five. This is going to be year five of his ballot. Um, Tory Hunter.
1: Mm. See, I, I love Tory Hunter, but I'm saying I, no. I don't think I can do it now.
0: I think he's a favorite he, player. Like, he's, he's a great a dude, player. a great a player.
1: player. I wouldn't put him in a Hall of Fame player.
0: No. He was only a five-time All Star. He has a nine-time Gold Glove, two-time Silver Slugger. But I don't think that does it enough. He had uh, no. he had he had under he had three fifty-three home runs and thirteen ninety-one on RBIs. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm a no two. Andrew Jones.
1: Uh, I don't know enough about Andrew Jones, but it seems like he's a popular pick, so I'll say yes.
0: Yeah. So here's my thing with Andrew Jones. He has 434 home runs, 12, almost, almost 1300 RBIs. His batting average was 254. It's like, like I'm torn on him. I would say no, but I feel like he's going to get in. You know what I mean? I think if you're looking at, if you're doing what these people do and look at the ballot, like, based on people who's on it and just vote for the best people on it instead of who deserves to be in he probably will end up getting it but i'm not a big uh i i would say no all right he had 41.4 percent of the ballot last year and he was uh it's his sixth year on the ballot um jeff kent No. i'm a no too and this is jeff kent's last year on the ballot so i'd say no he doesn't get it but i know people are going to push because it's his last year too bad Schilling's not in it. Roger Clemens not in it. Barry Bonds isn't in it. Jeff Kenton should definitely not be in it. Right. Um uh, John Lackey. No. I made a I made a case for John Lackey last year, but I'm still saying no. <laughs> if he didn't get hurt, I think he would have been one of the best pitchers of all time. But yeah. he just he just battled injury too much. Uh Mike Napoli, I'd say no. No.
1: Uh
0: Johnny Peralta. Peralta no. I'd say no as well. Andy Pettit.
1: Um yes, but he's not gonna get in.
0: I would say yes to Andy Pettit, but I again, like you said, it's he's going on year six of the ballot. He only had ten point seven percent of the ballot last year. I think that will go up a little bit, but he's not gonna get it. No. Um I'm gonna save this these couple guys for last, but uh this one's an uh a big argument. Francisco Rodriguez. Yep. I think he yeah. should get it too, but no one's voting for him.
1: Well, this is his first year on the ballot.
0: Yeah, no, like on the ballots I've seen, no one's Uh-oh. voting
1: for him. Well, that doesn't make sense because he has the all-time saves record. So well,
0: yeah, uh, go that, figure that, in our baby.
1: That should tell you all you need to know. You say it all the time. Can you tell a story of baseball? For all intents and purposes, he had the greatest season as a closer of all time. So,
0: Right. I, I just I don't see it. He has to go in. He was dominant. Like, he was right. one of the best dominant closers of all time. Uh, Scott Rowland? Yes. I think he'll end up getting it. He had 63. He only needs another, what, 12% to get in? Less than 12% to get in. I think he'll end up getting it. Jimmy Rollins? I'd say no. No. Gary Sheffield? Yes. I'd say yes for Gary Sheffield. Houston Street? No. I'd say no. Omar Vesquel? No. Omar Vasquez is interesting, but I'd still say no. I, I don't think it's I don't think he gets in. He's on year six, but I don't think he gets in. Uh Billy Wagner.
1: I this is a guy I don't know enough about, but I'm gonna say. He's on I'll his give eighth you a, year, man. He has fifty one percent.
0: I'll give you a career he's a forty seven and forty uh ERA of two thirty one.
1: I literally couldn't have even told you he was a pitcher. Um
0: I'm gonna say no. Forty-seven and forty-two,
1: three-one. Yeah, he's not. No, that's not
0: a no. whole Fame. Uh, Second Jared Weaver. Superstar.
1: No. I'd
0: say no as well. Jason Worth, I'd say no. No. Uh, and then the two hot ticket items: right. Alex Rodriguez
1: should be in there.
0: He should be in there. I agree. And the big one: our boy Manny Ramirez
1: should be in there.
0: Should be in there. I don't it's think he's a he crime. He's
1: on his seventh year.
0: It's a crime that Barry Bonds and, and those guys are not in the Hall of Fame either. Like the fact that Manny, Manny Ramirez was one of the best hitters of our generation, and he's not if in the David Hall Ortiz of Fame. If David Ortiz
1: is first ballot, Manny should have been first ballot.
0: I agree. I, I like the fact that this guy's not in. This guy was the best hitter in baseball, and he's not in the not in the Hall of Fame. And as much as you want to whine about Alex Rodriguez, and I don't like A Rod as well, I think you should be in. That's how. I'm a, I'm a fair I'm a fair person Danny football. <laughs> I think
1: Alex Rodriguez should be in the Hall of Fame. 100% he should be.
0: Uh but for some reason people want to vote for Gary Sheffield over a uh over A-Rod and Manny Ramirez, which is just astonishing. So um I'm sure they will end up voting in a guy like uh
1: Andre Ethier is going to get some votes.
0: Yeah, and that guy's going to vote for him over Manny Ramirez. So Good job. Good job, Major League Baseball. (laughs) Um, So we'll have to see. It always works us up. We'll talk about it next week. I think it'll be interesting to see what it is next week. But let's move on to our final segment of the night, The People's Topic.
1: It's The People's Topic, baby!
0: So for people stopping you, running an Instagram, and Twitter page, at Big Red Zone. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about. This week, up first, one comes from Ellie. She's got some good ones here. Brady coming back to the Pats, and who would go with him? Uh, Devin, I think this is in reference. Devin McCourty put out on the NFL uh, when he was doing the pregame show that telling Brady to come back to New England, and he would come back for another year. Oh my god. Um I don't think that that's the smartest thing for the Patriots to do, but No. Uh if he does come back, I know Julian Edelman's going to want to try to find a seat at the uh wide receivers table cuz that's all he could talk about for the last year and a half. Um would be interesting like with another big name wide receiver like uh Hopkins or someone like that, may want to come to the Patriots now. We'd have to do it through trades, but uh I don't know. Deb McCourty would definitely come back. I'm sure <laughs> Slater would want to come back for another year. Um, but, yeah. Any thoughts on that one?
1: I think if Brady came back, Jul- Julian Edelman would be in the parking lot tomorrow. Uh, as far as other people go, I'm not sure. But Julian Edelman would be back.
0: Yeah. Uh, she writes down Matt Patricia. We talked about it. Thank you for leaving. <laughs> uh and this is superior tortilla, tortilla. Superior tortilla,
1: corn or flour? Corn, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess I go corn.
1: I don't know if I'm educated enough on the topic.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that question, but uh, I guess I'll go corn. Um, this one comes from Paige asking the hard-hitting questions here. Celtics question: When is the interim title coming off of Missoula? Uh,
1: when he uh,
0: when he teaches them how to play defense.
1: When he clinches that fourth victory in the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, I think that's if they win the loses. NBA Finals, they can't. He, they can't. That's think.
1: when he loses the interim tag. As soon as he gets banner eighteen, he's good to go.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think if they win, they they come off. If they don't win at all, I think they're going to say we need a head coach that knows. I think he'll get the blame. I really do. I think that's like an easy blame game that they can play. Um, the final one comes from Joseph underscore Sealy. He writes: Would you trade a second slash third round pick for Michael Pittman? Mm. Trade
1: a second and a third, or a second? It says
0: second slash third. So I'd say and. Right? Uh, He's his second slash third round pick
1: for Michael Pittman. Depending on the team. We traded a second round pick for fucking Muhammad Sanu. So at this point, why the hell not? I'd do it. I'd do it. We traded a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu.
0: I guess that's true. I think, I mean, we're doling out. We can't draft wide receivers anyway. I would take a chance on uh, Michael Pittman. What did I trade? I did a trade in Dynasty for Michael Pittman. What was my trade? So this will tell you. This is what you should give up for him. Traded Jameis Winston for Michael Pittman. So wow, uh, two quarterback lead. This is before Jameis Winston lost the job. So uh, starting quarterback for Michael Pittman. <laughs> I don't know. Second and he third. Happy
1: for Michael Pittman.
0: I would do it. Who says I'd no? i do it.
1: if I was the if I was the Colts GM. I'm taking that deal.
0: I'm taking that deal. How do they, they don't have a quarterback to start they, right now? i
1: will
0: say no. I mean, everyone in the New England wants to start Bailey Zappi, so he must be good enough to. Oh my god! To start in the NFL, so I mean, did you see how he tore up the Lions and the? Uh, who else did he tear up? The Browns. Yeah. Those those stellar defenses he tore up this year. That two drives in the in the Bears game before he ended up getting like taken out of the game because he, the defense just shut him down. Did you remember those two and a half games that he played? I'd do it. Um, yeah, I think I'd trade a second or third round pick. I mean, if you're a team that has like good wide receivers, probably not. But if I'm, I think he's suggesting the Patriots. I would probably, uh, I'd probably do that. But that will do it for people's topics. Remember, you can run in our Instagram and Twitter page at Big Red Zone. Leave us a comment with us, you know, what we want to talk about You can also find us on TikTok at Big Red Zone. Uh, go find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button, the notification bell, so you know when all our episodes come out, videos come out. And as always, please, please, please tell a friend. My thanks to Danny Football, as always, for joining this week. Have a great week, everyone.